In the beginning, there was one. And then for whatever reason, the one became two. And the two became many. Everything is consciousness. Everything is spiritual. Everything is derived from the one source. This is esoteric philosophy. Hi folks, I'm Anne-Marie, the Soulful Therapist. There are natural, gentle ways to heal, discover yourself and find meaning in the world. Let me introduce you to them. I'm a psychotherapist, past life therapist, clinical hypnotherapist, master knitter, Reiki master, teacher, author and seer. I specialise in trauma, helping young people and spiritual development. I was 15 when I realised I was fascinated with myself. I was fascinated with the inside of me, what was going on inside my thoughts and feelings, my judgments on what was right and wrong, and I realised I really knew nothing about this inner territory. When I looked around, everyone seemed to be consumed by their outward expression, driving forward in the world with pure action. The kicking footballs and stuffing fallen leaves down each other's jumpers seemed pretty pointless when I didn't understand what it was all for. No one seemed to be talking about this inner life I sensed, with one exception. It was a cold day and the heaters in the classroom warmed the air way over our heads while the frigid air swirled around our ankles and chilled our fingers as we wrote. I was wearing a new pair of maroon fingerless mittens. I was very proud of them. It was the first time I'd knitted gloves, and it was no small feat, but I'd already been told, you can't wear those, they're not school colours. Never one to be put off when faced with a how question, and this one was, how do I keep my hands warm in winter and still do my schoolwork? I just put knitting needles and a ball of green wool into my school bag to make a new pair. My hands were always busy, and my brain worked better for it. I was an adult before I found out what a kinesthetic learner is. Now, scripture was not a class students enjoyed, except me. Lockers slammed and feet dragged and students took their seats at small wooden desks with stifled groans. I smiled to myself, happily retrieved my knitting and began the next row. Bouncing into the room with his usual cheer, the school chaplain beamed charitably at a sea of cold, morose faces. A generous man of high character and the worst dad jokes you've ever heard, we affectionately called him the Rev. He was also the only person who seemed to be asking us to consider our inner self. Most of the boys were convinced they didn't have one. Several of the girls agreed. You have to put that away, Rev said, pointing at my busy fingers. I was prepared and I unashamedly leveraged his kind nature. I'm making these in school colours to keep my fingers warm. I've already been told off once for wearing the maroon ones and my English teacher says I can knit in class. Also, I learn better when I knit. I smiled hopefully and kept knitting. He raised his eyebrows. Well, we'll test that, he said. And at the end of the term, I had a pair of green fingerless mittens, straight A's and a connection with my inner self that I poured into poetry.
In the years since the Rev helped me open the door to self-contemplation, my curiosity and courage have taken me well beyond a Christian framework. Today I simply accept myself and everyone I meet as a child of the universe. Over time I've seen how the questions what's it all for and why am I here occupy all of us when we first awaken to our spiritual nature. I've seen how we are seized by a restlessness that demands we live purposely and bring into the world what only we can. We are both deeply unique and the same as everyone else. And from everything I've learned, the purpose of humanity is to creatively express love and wisdom. The destiny of each human being is to let their soul shine forth in body, mind and emotion to its fullest expression as an act of service to others, making a difference and uplifting those around us, serving the greater good. So let's open a door and spend some time with our inner selves. Let's look at esoteric numerology. What is esoteric numerology? Well, let's look at some definitions first. Uh, in my experience, it's important to have a shared agreement for what we're talking about. It saves a lot of time, confusion and angst. So ESO means inner. So esoteric is inner consciousness. It refers to contemplative, mystical, meditative and transpersonal perspectives. It requires we switch on that intuition, switch on our higher mental faculties and go beyond our ordinary everyday understanding of things. So the opposite of esoteric is exoteric. Exo means outer. So exoteric is everyday consciousness. And that includes scientific thinking, materialistic ways of going about the world, and also conventional religious perspectives. It doesn't require any transformation of consciousness, and it assumes that our everyday mind can understand reality. Oftentimes people come to me for therapy because the exoteric approach is not working for them. Numerology is the study of numbers and there are three major forms. I recommend Pythagorean numerology and the work of Edmund Harold, who's my teacher. I like to think of esoteric numerology as soul-based numerology, the study of numbers such that we're given an opportunity to express the rising intentions of our soul. Numerology helps us identify various forms of energy that influence us on a day-to-day -day basis. All energy has positive and negative aspects, and we have the opportunity to decide how we will respond, feel, and act. The choice is in our hands. We live in a dual world of right and wrong, good and bad, high and low, black and white, yin and yang. These are just some of the many dualities we navigate every day. Fortunately, while the soul has a plan for our life, we're not completely at the mercy of destiny. We each have the gift of free will. We can choose. So, do we take the line of least resistance, which is the lower or negative aspect of the number? Or do we act upon the higher aspect, the positive qualities of the number, and master our vibration. You draw the so let's get practical. Let's do an activity to demonstrate my point. 
Let's give you the keys to numerology and to yourself. Who's got paper and pen? We're going to be doing some simple addition. Writing it down is easier than keeping track of numbers in your head. And taking notes helps you learn, understand and remember better. This is about you, so it's worth doing. It's old school, but it works. So pause if you have to and I'll be here when you get back. And for those of you who still prefer your smartphone, no offence taken and go for your life. First, let's write down your date of birth in numbers. I'm using the 6th of December 2018. This is the date of the first recording session for the Soulful Therapist. People have birth dates, and so too do creative projects, businesses, governments, countries, and pets. At the end of this, we're going to know more about the numeric vibrations influencing us, our purpose and mission. So getting back to our activity, I've written 6 12 Dash 2018. This is the date of birth for my podcast, 6th of December 2018. Now I reduce these numbers by adding them together to arrive at a single digit. My day of birth is 6, it's already a single digit. My month of birth is 12, we add these together. 1 plus 2 equals 3. My year of birth is 2018, and when we add these together, 2 plus 0 plus 1 plus 8 equals 11. Now in esoteric numerology, the numbers 11 and 22 are not reduced to a single digit because they're master numbers. And then we add all of these numbers together. So in my example, 6 from my day of birth plus 3 from my month of birth plus 11 from my year of birth equals, remember that 11 is not reduced, 11 plus 9. So now we have a whole heap of numbers. What do they mean? The numbers 1 to 5 reflect our human nature. 6 to 9 represent spiritual challenges. And on a still higher level, 11 and 22 encourage us to take a practical approach to world service. So now you can see the spread of life challenges you have facing you. By the way, just a word of caution. There is nothing like the world master to encourage our egos to get carried away. How amazing, I thought, when I discovered I had a master number in my date of birth and for a split second, I entertained a real sense of superiority. (laughs) Whoops, step back, step back. Pride cometh before a fall. To the ego, having a master number seems like getting your very own superpowers. In fact, the life lessons associated with the vibrations of 11 and 22 are infinitely more challenging. So if this is you, you're going to have to put virtuoso high character behaviour into play to get where you want to go. Let's dive in a little deeper. Essentially, there are three numeric vibrations that reflect who we are. These are one, the governing factor, This is found in our day of birth and indicates how we may find ourselves reacting to the experiences life brings us. Two, the destiny factor. This is found in the total of all the numbers in our date of birth. It represents our overall goal in life. And finally, three, the overall self-expression, which is found in our name. We're going to look at the first two. From the work you've done so far, you'll be able to identify your governing factor from your day of birth and your destiny factor, which is the overall total of your birth date. My governing factor is 6 and my destiny factor is 11 plus 9. 
So let's now have a close look at each of the numbers from 1 to 22. If by now you've become a trifle confused, just remember there are links to helpful documents in the show notes. Each numeric vibration has a lesson to teach. If we focus on embodying the positive qualities and correcting ourselves when we express the negative qualities, we'll be happier and have a more successful life. We will begin to master ourselves. The goal of those influenced by the number one is to seek independence. When people embody a pioneering instinct, individuality and self-confidence, when they display courage, ambition and perseverance, they attain leadership. But if they entertain introversion, idleness, dependence, egotism or aggression, they're likely to fail. The planetary ruler of one is the sun. The goal of those influenced by number two is harmony. When people express tact, diplomacy, charm and cooperation, when they strive to develop the ideas of others, they build their ability to adapt to whatever life brings them. However, if they're oversensitive, fearful, melancholic, stubborn or superficial, if they indulge in low character behaviour or allow emotional instability, then success will evade them. The planetary ruler of two is the moon, the ruler of our emotions. The moon is also referred to by esoteric astrologers as the prison of the soul. Emotional control should be a priority for those influenced by two. People influenced by three have a drive to express themselves. They achieve growth when they're artistic, optimistic, sociable, enthusiastic and use their words. Life's unhappy if they indulge in conceit, procrastination, cynicism and exaggeration. They need to be cautious of a tendency to diffuse their energies, be extravagant, inarticulate or worry. The planetary ruler of three is Jupiter, the planet of yes. Four people are challenged to surrender their higher will and relinquish the stubbornness of the lower will. They must always have things squared away. Their goal is practicality and if they can be organised, responsible, efficient, tenacious and especially systematic, their reward is self-discipline. But there'll be no reward if they're inattentive, rebellious, domineering, cruel, impatient, careless, resistant to change or impractical. The planetary ruler of four is Uranus, the planet of radical change, authenticity and freedom. Fives have the challenge of controlling their thoughts. Their goal is communication, and when they use clear thinking to inspire and teach others, while expressing their artistic creativity, they are rewarded with self-control. Destructive thinking, avoiding responsibility, lack of staying power, restlessness, pessimism and deceit will result in karmic fail. The planetary ruler of five is Mercury. And this is also the planet of speaking, writing and communicating from the soul. The quest for those influenced by the sixth vibration is selfless love. With the goal of attaining responsibility, their task is to be loving and embody loyalty, empathy and harmony, to be sociable and benevolent. 
if they make the mistake of being argumentative, interfering, jealous, anxious, irresponsible in close relationships or adopt a victim attitude, they will be unsuccessful. Not surprisingly, the planetary ruler of six is Venus, the planet of love. Seven is the numeric vibration associated with mysticism. The goal for people influenced by seven is to train their sensitivity until they develop their seership capacity. They must strive to develop their psychic ability, make time for introspection, strive for perfection, be modest, and sometimes adopt a religious outlook. However, if they're hypersensitive, over-emotional, moody, melancholic, critical, delusionary, or entertain an inferiority complex, they will not arrive at the desired destination. The planetary ruler of seven is Neptune, the planet of reasoning. Eight is associated with initiations, and the goal of those influenced by this vibration is business acumen. They will achieve success if they're ambitious, practical, and businesslike using their analytical mind and impersonal judgment while remaining self-controlled. Failure will result from intolerance, impatience, pride, fear, as will being tyrannical, weak-willed, miserly, resentful, or ruthless in opposition. The planetary ruler of eight is Saturn. It's both the planet of growth and opportunity and also karma. People influenced by nine are committed to service to mankind. Their mastery of benevolence is rewarded with service. Their best approach to life is to activate their desire to serve others, be compassionate and philanthropic. They should correct any tendency towards selfishness, aggression, becoming self-focused or temperamental. The planetary ruler of nine is Mars. 11 is a master number, and about now some of you have said, Oi, what happened to 10? <laughs> 10 is 1 with a 0. When we add it together, we get 1. Okay, so 10 is actually a 1, and the 0 acts like a big sun. So it emphasizes those leadership abilities and skills and challenges of the 1. So watch out for those zeros shining the light on the numbers next to them. The numeric vibration of 11 encourages people influenced by it to pursue idealism. The positive qualities to be embodied are extreme sensitivity, idealism, honesty, and helpfulness. The achievement is practicality. Impracticality, fanaticism, aimlessness, obstinacy, despair, and day-to-day -day dreaming should be curtailed. The planetary ruler of 11 is Pluto, the planet of death and rebirth. And finally, 22. 22 people pursue the goal of humanitarianism through the adoption of a balanced humanitarian outlook. Putting into play their leadership qualities and being perceptive will create success for them. They should correct any tendencies towards instability, boastfulness, recklessness, being self-centred or adopting an inferiority complex. The planetary ruler of 11 is Vesta. 
what are whirlwind? We've now explored the numeric vibrations associated with your governing factor or day-to-day reactions and your destiny factor, your overall life goal. You now have the keys for mastering the numeric factors influencing your life. It's a lot of information to take in. Take your time. Sometimes it's best for information like this to be absorbed bit by bit. The beauty of a podcast is that you can play it again and again. We'll explore the power in your name, your overall expression, in a future episode. Shakuntala Devi, the Indian writer and mental calculator, said, Numbers have life. They're not just symbols on paper. I love getting questions and I need more of them. You can record your questions on your smartphone and email them to me at anne at annemariemcglasson.com. I'll do my best to answer questions every week. Hi, Anne-Marie. If I can't remember my childhood, is that a bad thing? Do I need therapy? This is a really good question. I have come across clients over the years and they cannot remember any of their childhood. Quite often they'll find that their memory switches on at a certain age. It might be 20, it might be 15, it might be 12. It's usually a sign that they are being protected. The mind has an incredible ability to dissociate from uh, trauma and difficulty. When children need to just get on with the job of growing up and learning and getting through the day and they are living in difficult circumstances, this is one of the survival strategies that they use. People have asked me this question quite often and I always ask a question back. And the question is, how is your life now? So if your life is functional and happy and steady and you don't really feel a need to go back and explore, then you don't need therapy. But if your life is not functional, if you're hurting, or even sometimes you get this incredible curiosity to know more, then it possibly is worthwhile having a bit of a look into it. Hi, I'd like to do past life therapy, but the thought of reincarnation freaks me out. I'm not sure if I believe in reincarnation. I'd like to know if past life therapy is a real memory or just an experience. And will it work if I don't believe in it? This is another common question that people ask. Some people don't believe in reincarnation. Uh, Usually they're coming from a Christian framework, a white Western uh, background. It doesn't seem to matter whether you believe in reincarnation or not. There's been a lot of research on past life therapy over the years, and there's been some incredible results for a whole range of difficulties, ranging from eating disorders, anxiety, depression, family issues, psychosis, uh, relationships. The benefits are there. In fact, The first client that Dr. Brian Weiss had was Christian and while she was in her conscious mind did not believe in reincarnation at all. But while deeply in trance and experiencing these past lives would actually refer to life continuing through incarnation 
after incarnation. So the benefits are there. It will work, whether you believe in reincarnation or not. For my purposes in the clinic, it doesn't really matter whether it's a memory or just an experience. I'm looking for the outcome. I'm looking to when I talk to people afterwards and say, how are you? that they can see and feel real benefits, that they have an increased sense of joy, of identity, and just peace. The Soulful Living Program is a series of transformational workshops where people identify their life purpose, connect their inner wisdom, and develop both practical and spiritual gifts. Graduates are grounded, resilient, and tap into their inner peace and joy at will. I suffer from anxiety. Or more accurately, I allow anxiety to rule my life. I found Anne Marie's workshops extremely helpful. I discovered and learned tools to become self-managing. I completed Reiki 1 in mid to late 2017. At the time, I was lost, unsure of myself, and I knew that I needed something, but I didn't know what it was. So I called Anne Marie and my journey started there with Reiki 1. A year later, I was back in Anne-Marie's office, learning Reiki too. Learning Reiki with Anne-Marie has been life-changing in more ways than I can describe. I have learnt to trust my intuition, my body, and the messages around me. I have learned about surrendering and acceptance, and I have learned about compassion, love, kindness, creativity, and living true to myself. Both Reiki and Anne-Marie have been instrumental in helping my partner and I gain a better sense of ourselves, and our relationship, and it has also helped us connect with our son. Reiki is the gift that keeps on giving, and I couldn't imagine a better teacher than Anne-Marie. She is kind, loving, patient, and mysteriously in tune with the energy surrounding her. She is one of those rare souls who makes you feel instantly safe and comfortable. She is soft and gentle, but also has a fierceness and a strength to her, and she shares her knowledge freely, and for that I am so grateful. I would and often do recommend Anne-Marie to people I know because I know that regardless of the situation, she will have a way to help. There's an information session for the Certificate of Soulful Living on the 23rd of January 2019. Classes begin on the 4th of February and just be aware we only have two intakes a year. So find out more at annemariemaglassen.com and links will be in the show notes. I want to thank everyone who helped launch the Soul Therapist podcast. Your requests for spiritual mentoring and storytelling have created something really special. So I hope you enjoy it. And if you do, please share with a friend or two. Don't forget to subscribe. And I love reading the comments on iTunes. Thanks for listening. See you next time.